0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money saver tire and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Right now we are happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by the Cardinals manager, Ollie Marmel, the division winner this season. Ollie, we sincerely appreciate you joining us today. Always appreciate the time. Uh, Unfortunately, we have to start on a uh, a disappointing and upsetting news item that we all saw this morning together. Uh, Bruce Suter, um, the Hall of Famer, uh, passed away this morning I remember talking to John Mo Zaloc. This was about a year and a half ago now, and Moe told us that the secret sauce to the Cardinals organization was the Hall of Famers that were around your players, whether it be in spring training or just whenever they would come back for any of the Red Jacket events. Uh, I'm curious what your impression was of Bruce Sutter and what you're going to remember most about him.
1: Uh, to what you decided, first of all, thanks for having me. i always look forward to this, but... Uh... I agree with Mo, man. One of the the best things we've got going is uh, the ability to have these all-time greats um, in their Red Jackets just around the clubhouse, opening day special. Um, Bruce is always uh, very little interaction with them, but the times we we were together there during uh, some opening days were were good. Um, But the reality is having those guys around our current players and them continuing to pour into them, even in short conversation, is, is meaningful and lasting.
2: Yeah, all of our uh, thoughts and prayers are are with the Souter family with that horrible news earlier today. So, uh, Ali, you're about a week removed from the end of the season for the Cardinals, and I'm sure it still stings for you. But have you given yourself the opportunity to sit back and just kind of look back on your first season as the manager for the Cardinals?
1: Uh not not really. Um to your point just uh it was a, an abrupt finish. Uh it was disappointing. Um we did accomplish a lot throughout the year. It was a very special year. A lot of uh stories to be told and some memorable uh times um with uh what we had going there, but uh but but still um the way it ended wasn't ideal. Um so I've yet to take the time to decompress and actually look at uh everything that was accomplished and um but uh soon
0: Soon. Ollie, is that because you've been busy with your business that you're starting up already? Danny Mack told me that if, if I could ask you one question, I, I've got to ask you about the business that you're starting up. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what, are you, what is this new venture that you're getting into?
1: um no my, <laughs> this is not because of that that's for sure um my two little ones have taken up the majority of my free time once the season has been up but uh no my wife and i started a, a company several years back it's a uh it's a that type platform where uh some of the most uh decorated athletes out there uh, tell their stories of how they became who they became and um the ability to uh, Sustain success at the highest level, not only just with their skill set, but mentality, and overall um, emotional IQ, but we have a technology that allows you to sit there and talk to Albert Pool, talk to Ozzy Smith and Wayne O, and people in the soccer world and uh, football. And it's just a, it's an interesting platform where you're able to sit and actually have conversation with these uh, with these athletes um, with the technology called conversational AI. So it's uh, it's fun. We've enjoyed it. Um, my wife and I have been on a crazy journey getting it started and uh, off the ground but it's been uh it's been an absolute blast man
2: all right ali i have to ask because i'm a dad of two also i'm assuming mine are younger than yours so how old are yours and can i get some dad advice because i have a one and a half year old and a, a two month old and i'm 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 envisioning your life is a lot easier than mine when it comes to two kids
1: <laughs> you're in the middle of it for sure now we got a little uh, two years Two little girls, a three year old and a five year old. And uh they're troopers, man. Uh during the year they travel quite a bit with us. My wife uh, travels a decent amount to different cities and uh it makes uh it makes the gig a lot easier, I'll tell you that. Um but uh no, once the season's over they uh they want me full time, so that's been a, a lot of fun as well.
0: Ollie Marmel is joining us here on 101 ESPN, the Cardinals manager. Uh, Ollie, I did want to ask you about the wild card round, because when people look back on it, there's a lot that they're going to remember. Of course, the offense uh, going cold at the wrong time. You've talked about that already. When you look back at the first round of the playoffs this year, is there anything that from your perspective, you would have done differently now with the benefit of hindsight?
1: Um, No, man, uh, not not really. I mean, you're always, and this is, playoff regular season game. Um what I will tell you VK we are we're gonna always be harder on ourselves and hold ourselves to accountable way more than anybody on the outside will ever hold our, our group. Um we're we're very honest with ourselves. And um after every game we sit down and we go over moves that were made, um whether they worked out or didn't. Did we like them? Are they sustainable? Um and uh we have that checklist and that feedback loop in May, June, July games <laughs> that are um, all important, but not playoff games, right? So we, it's no different in the playoffs. We sit there and we we think about different moves that we could have made different. Um, the reality is we try to put our guys in the best position to have success. And uh, at times it works, and at times it doesn't. And um, it didn't work. Uh, that, that's the bottom line. I felt like we gave ourselves a, a shot in, in both games, and the reality is The offense did go cold at the wrong time, and and, uh, we were having trouble even uh, the month of September leading into the playoffs. We had a lot of trouble just scoring runs, and and just um, it didn't look the same as it did in the previous months. But that's baseball, and uh, you're wanting to get hot at the right time. Unfortunately, we weren't able to.
2: Ali, you've been in that position before as a player and now in the manager side of things, even when you were the bench coach with the Cardinals, you've been in that position where you've seen guys who have been hot all season long with offense and when they go cold, now that you're in that manager's seat, is there anything you can do when players go cold like that or is it just a matter of waiting until they can grind through it?
1: No, and, and someone that tells you that they do have an answer for that, I, I, I'd love to hear it because it's, it's just not reality. Um, Players go in and out of feeling good about their swing, and they go in and out of feeling good mentally, um, and one usually is tied to the other. And he, here's the thing: people want to place blame on, oh well, Goldie and Nolan; these guys didn't didn't hit during the. That's that's it's, it's completely unfair. And here's why: the only reason we won 93 games is because all those guys contributed at an extremely high level every day without off days, and just continuing the grind to get us to the position where we built a sizable lead over Milwaukee and were able to clinch division and guess what? Baseball's tough and and there's times where you don't feel good about your swing. And and that was, uh, that was October for us. And, um, there were several guys in that bucket that didn't feel great. Several guys did. Um, but no, there, there's not something you can sit there and tell a player that's going to just jumpstart them to, to start hitting for, for some reason. Um, it's just it's part of the game, man.
0: Ollie, for most of the season, and then by the end of the year, you look at the numbers, you guys had a top five offense in baseball. So it's not as if like what happened at the end of the year was a sustained issue the entirety of the season. However, I think there were 15 shutouts this year against you guys. Out of curiosity, as you go into the offseason, is there something, an element, that was missing in your offense this year that you would like to add going into next year? And if not, what do you think was, if there was any, the through line with the 15 shutouts this year?
1: Um, I I don't, um, let me word this right, I, I really don't care about the 15 shutouts, right? Like, it, it's not, like, that's not a stat that's meaningful to me. Um, and it may be to other people, but the reality is, like, If you tell me we're going to win 90-plus games and have 15 shutouts, then it is what it is. You're going to have days where you're cold. It's going to be – I mean, I remember having a conversation early in the year, oh, it's feast or famine. Well, you look at some of the top offenses out there, that's what they do. Um, So I'm not too concerned with that. The reality is our young dudes step up and contributed extremely well. If you think about Donovan – and his ability to carry us for a portion of that year and just step in no fear uh didn't make the the moment any bigger than it was and just like i mean he really contributed at a high level um carlson did that for a little while you got new part did that for a minute i mean you go down that list and these young guys came up and they did a really nice job to allow us to do what we did so when you think about yeah we i mean at short there's a there's a void there that we were counted on early in the year and it was hard to get get Paul going um and then we were missing our catcher for a little bit of time so that 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 made it tough but at the end of the day i felt like guys contributed at a high level to allow us to get to that 93 win um so definitely proud of the group for that
2: and, Ali, that's an emphasis that I know the Cardinals organization puts on is the young players coming and being a contributing factor to the team. What did you learn about your younger players, specifically rookies like Brennan Donovan and Lars Bar and Nolan Gorman this season?
1: Um, they don't scare. That's a great trait in a young player when they don't scare. When you, when you look at our minor league system, and I spent some time in it as a player and as a coach and as a manager – you're always trying to build these guys up with a mentality that once you get there, don't change anything and just trust your stuff. You, it, it's a bigger stage. The accountability higher, but just trust what you put all the work into. And uh, credit to our minor league system for continuing to do that because that's what those guys did. They got up here, didn't make the moment any bigger than it was. And they just trusted all the work that they've put in. Um, and it showed. So I learned a lot about those young guys that came up. I mean, you talk about the different roles that we use, Andre Palante and uh, Nupar Donovan, you go down that list, there's there's a lot of young guys that you that contributed really, really well. So um, the one trait that they all had when they came up is they just didn't scare. And that's a good one to have.
0: We're talking to Ollie Marmel, the Cardinals manager, for another few minutes here on 101 ESPN. Huge thanks to him for giving us some of his time so quickly after the season came to an end for the Cardinals. Uh, Ollie, I did want to ask you, one of the rule changes that we're expecting going into next year is the elimination of the shift, or at least uh, the elimination of the infield shift. Do you think that that will alter the way that teams look at the players that they can use at at second base in particular like it does that change the criteria are you going to be looking for somebody maybe not just the Cardinals but baseball in general big picture do you think teams are going to be wanting more athleticism at that position because of the elimination of the infield shift
1: I think that's a great point and my my gut says yes Um, having the agility to in range um, at that position may have more value than it has over the last several years, where you can just plot somebody out there in the shift, and they don't have to move a whole lot. Um, but uh, I, I do think you're going to want a little bit more agility and, and overall uh, range in that position, uh, similar to what it was prior to. But at the at the end of the day, a lot of teams are are going straight offense, and as long as you can bang it, um, they'll find a position for you. Uh, so we'll we'll see how different teams attack that.
2: Uh, Ali, since we're talking about the rule changes, how much impact do you feel like the pitch clock is going to have next season?
1: I think it'll, I think it'll have a pretty big impact, man. When we look at what it's done in the minor league system, it's, it's really sped those games up. When we get guys from our minor league system up here, you can tell a big difference in just their overall cadence. And I mean, there's a, there's a pace to the game. That's, that's very different. Um, I know when we sent guys down like uh, Dakota Hudson this year, um, we noticed. Man, there there's a difference in his pace for sure. Um, and it becomes habit. So uh I think it's something that'll definitely speed the game up. There's certain guys that are gonna our geos of the world are gonna have to um adapt to it. But uh that's what the game's about. You gotta adapt or you die.
0: Ollie, if we talked about swing and miss stuff once this year, we <laughs> talked about it a million different times. <laughs> As we go into the off-season now, and you think about, I know that Mo's in charge of this stuff, but as you're thinking through of, hey, what, what could the Cardinals use going into the off-season? The Cardinals were 30th out of 30 teams this year in swing and miss uh, in Major League Baseball. Is that something you think will potentially be a priority for the staff as they go into the off-season?
1: There's different ways to look at that, and to your point, that's, a, that's definitely a Mo question, um, but here here's how I'll attack it. You we were 30th out of 30 in just overall swing and miss, um, which if you look at the teams that are in the bottom five, none of them came close to doing what our club did, which uh, a lot of credit to our staff and players. Uh, our players were being pretty darn good at what they do and our staff from a uh, Willie McGee and uh, stubby from a positioning standpoint, because we did have a lot of balls in play and we recorded a lot of outs. We were behind the baseball quite a bit. So when you don't have swing and miss stuff, you're usually, not winning a whole lot of ball games. Our club was able to do that. So it, it's filling in the right pieces. Um, do I love swing and miss? Absolutely. When you don't put a ball in play, it's a beautiful thing. But, uh, but yeah, we, we've gotten the right guys that aren't walking guys that are on the ground, and we have a really good defense. So because of our ballpark and our defense, you can get away with a lot more, and that's, uh, that's a value too.
0: Ollie, one of those guys that did pretty well for the vast majority of the season without having a ton of swing and miss was Adam Wainwright. And right now he's going into the offseason with an uncertain future. We don't know on the outside what it holds for him. From your perspective, especially, I I don't know if you saw, but he tweeted out the other day what he believes ended up happening, which is that the the comebacker hit him on the knee. It messed with his landing spot, and uh, that got him all out of whack mechanically. Did you feel like you guys had a fix for that going into the wild card round? And just from your perspective, if he was back next year, is your assessment that he would be back to the guy that he was prior to the last five or six weeks of the
1: season? Uh, Yes and yes. Um, It's tough to test it out in a win or go home type of scenario. But what I will say is there's only so much you can – Publicly discuss while while you're going through something with with one of the the guys on the club. Um, I, I did see what he tweeted out, and the, he was spot on. And this is something we were addressing. And his last session was a very good one, and one that he felt like was as crisp as ever. Um, so, what would I expect out of Adam Wainwright um, if you were to come back for next year? Is exactly what we saw all year. Um, prior to him getting hit in the knee, I think we would see a very good version of him. This is an ultra competitor, and the reality is, man, we've done a really nice job of re-signing those type of players that continue to pour into the culture, and it gets carried on for a long time. And, and we've seen it with the uh, with the Chris Carpenter's of the world, and now with Albert and Yadi being gone, this is this is a, a piece that will be extremely helpful and um, one we look forward to. So we'll see what happens.
2: Ali, final one for me. And speaking of that culture, you know there are two massive holes this off season for the team. And I understand this is John Mozaylock's job, but from a clubhouse's perspective, not having Yadi back, not having Albert Pujols back, both who were very influential on this team, uh, do you feel like that's a, that's a big time hole for this upcoming season?
1: No, I don't, and I can say that with confidence for for this reason. Here. Those guys were good leaders. Uh, the ones before them were good leaders. It, it, a good leader is able to leave, and everything continued to run as if they were still there. And if you're a bad leader, then then you, w- once you're gone, it just falls apart. And that's not what this organization has built over the years. Those two guys have instilled a lot of confidence and um, the overall mentality of winning into that younger generation that's coming up. Um, and I'll tell you, we're in we're in good hands. Those guys led well, and the guys that are going to take over will lead well for a long time coming
0: Ollie final question that I have for you when you look back at the job that you had this year I think one of the toughest parts that people don't talk about about being the manager of a team but specifically here in St. Louis is how much this fan base pays attention to every decision and every quote that you make and the amount of time that you spend talking to the media but really talking to the fans When you look back at that part of your job this year, and specifically some of the decisions that you had to make that were more numbers driven, how do you feel like that went for you this year? And is there anything that you want Cardinals fans to know about what influences your decision and and what that process is like for you as you're in the dugout throughout a game?
1: No doubt. And if you want to ask more specifics, I'd be more than happy to answer it Um, on a general side we we sit down every day, uh, skipping myself and we game plan the day and we script out best case scenario all the way to worst case scenario of a game, how we would use our pieces uh, from our bench guys to our bullpen to how we want to use our starter. And that's not only going into that day, but how many days of rest he's coming off of and going into. And then we bring in our other coaches um, for a secondary meeting and we go through that with them and let them challenge any thoughts that we had. And then we, uh, we go and play. And obviously we get a ton of information from our baseball development department, our analytics department, um, that goes into the, the day-to-day decisions of how we use our guys. And then at the end of that game, um, we compress. Next morning we get in and we, we challenge each other on every decision that was made. If we like the decision, there's times you make a bad decision and it works out. And there's times you make a good decision and it doesn't work out. So you you can't be fooled by the fact that, like, something, the result was good. Uh, There's times you make a very crappy decision and your players are just good enough to overcome that decision. And you have to know when that happens in order not to repeat it. So we sit in a room and we challenge ourselves on what we did well, what we didn't. And that includes some of our baseball development department. And um, at the end of the day, we walk out of there feeling a lot more confident in what we're doing and how to make sustainable decisions. Um, And we do that every day. So the decisions that are being made on that field are 100%. I'm accountable for them. Um, I have final call on what goes on and what doesn't, from a player move to a bullpen move to any any move on that field. Um, and it either works or it doesn't. But I'll tell you, there's no one on the outside that's going to challenge me more than my internal team, and uh, I, I I love that part of it.
0: You said the dirty word. Ollie of analytics. And when anybody (laughs) says that on the air, it just, there's, there's a certain segment of our listenership. I'm sure you're aware of this as much as anybody that just tunes out whatever comes next for our list, for our listeners that are listening right now, when you say the term analytics, let's think of like one decision. You can go with whatever it might be a pitching decision, a matchup decision where you decide to use a pinch hitter. What are you taking into account with that? When you say analytics, what is the actual information in one scenario, for example, for you, that you
1: would be looking at? Well, no, you just said it, right? Like, it's information. So the people that are tuning out need to understand that, like, the more information you have, the better decisions you make. Um, I can sit in a room with anybody and talk about, oh, going off your gut compared to analytics. It's not one or the other. Like, we're dealing with humans. Okay. That, that have emotions and fear and doubt and anxiety. And you know, the ins and outs of everything they're dealing with. You, you are constantly dealing with humans. That's who these players are. But then there's information analytics, substitute the word analytics with information. if It makes you feel better. There's information that tells you what has happened over time and predicting what's going to happen. Um, and it helps inform decisions. Um, that's fine. If you want to trust your gut constantly, but the reality is there's nobody out there. That's that good. I don't care. Like, I don't care what name you want to insert into that blank. They're not that good. So when you are constantly challenging the decisions that are made based on, Hey, I had this feeling and it worked out this way. Here's what the information says. and You're constantly going back and forth and challenging that internally with your group. Um, it leads to better decisions down the road. So, we have a process that we trust for that. Um, I can, if there's one part of the job that has a negative to it, when people say like, Oh, you have to deal with the media. Like the media is our mouthpiece of the fan base. Like that is probably one of my favorite parts of the job is sitting down with our media after a game before the game. And just them asking me, why'd you make this decision? What, what went into this? Why'd you use this guy? Why didn't you use this guy? Cause the reality is, they're challenging the. At the end of the day, they're not challenging the result. Uh, that, that's when I'll get frustrated. If you're just challenging the result, then then we're wasting our time. If you're challenging the reasoning and the logic behind the decision, I could talk about that for days. There's times it works. There's times it doesn't. Um, but yes, that's a that's an area I can I can sit on here and talk to you for days about.
0: And you know I can do the same. Ollie, I appreciate the time as always, man. This was awesome. Enjoy the time that you have to be able to spend at home with the three and the five-year-old that you've got at home, <laughs> the wife that I'm sure doesn't get to see you enough during the regular season. We wish you all the best. Hopefully we'll talk with you again soon as this offseason keeps going.
1: Nah, you got it, man. Appreciate you. Enjoy Absolutely. those girls,
0: Ollie. That's Ollie Marmel, Cardinals manager, joining us here on 101 ESPN.
1: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music